0: continuing this is our second look at godly characteristics of those that are in relationship okay uh, and the context is actually i know all of us here uh, today right now is uh we're all married except for the little girls right but i think this is an uh, application uh, also as well even whatever relationship these are the characteristics we should have but in the context it's actually talking about two people that desire to be married a man named boaz and remember uh ruth the younger widow okay remember uh remember a few weeks ago i mentioned about how because uh, I know last week we had a topical thing uh, about just being the church, but here uh, today we're going to pick this up and we're going to see today. Uh, the question is, what does godly characteristics look like in a relationship? Uh, heading towards marriage and even in marriage. Okay, um, I don't know. Maybe this is for myself as a pastor. Uh, you know, ministering to guys. Uh, I think guys can sometimes be really, really nice before they get married because they want to what, get married, right? But once they get married, it could be harder. Okay, now I'm I'm speaking the truth because why? How do I know this? Because I'm a dude i'm not a dude but i'm a guy right okay so uh today we're gonna see um in light of this also even as we look at this we might say oh you know what when i was in a relationship i did all this stuff okay and i did it well i would give myself a name but how about even more so some of these things we should be so even when we are marriage in marriage okay uh, if you had a question you can write it down right or oh, they don't have that today okay so in light of this we're gonna see three characteristics okay uh three characteristics next week we're gonna see three more characteristics uh also as well okay so um, even looking at this Remember I know In the application Originally in context It's talking about three or Two individuals That desire to be married What they should look like Heading towards marriage In the relationship But even when we are married These are the applications still Okay These are three characteristics If you're taking notes uh, Of those In terms of Godly relationship Number one is Practice commitment to your words Okay Practice commitment to your words This is in verses 11 And the uh, second half And verse 13 Okay Practice commitment to your words In verses 11, second half And in verses 13 That's number one is Practice commitment to your words okay? uh, point, uh, Characteristics number two Characteristics number two Is protect the other person's reputation Protect the other person's reputation This is in verses 13 and 14 Okay Protect the other person's reputation uh, This is number three Be accountable to others Okay be accountable to others. This is taught in verses 15 and 16. Okay? 15 and 16. Next week we'll have three more of the final points of the characteristics of biblical courtship or relationship. Uh, just by way of review, I know uh, we hit a pause for um, two weeks. Last two weeks ago, uh, we've looked at three, the first three characteristics of someone that's a good uh, godly character in relationship. We saw number one well, last week, uh, last time, two weeks ago was, Verse 10, that we must bless the other person. You want to do well, nice, be kind to the other person. And also want God to bless them, okay? Then we saw last time also as well, the second characteristics, we want to be someone that comforts the other person, okay? Just like Boaz, remember uh, Ruth came and he was comforting her and say, do not fear. And we also saw last time, beware, there'll be obstacles in pursuit of uh, marriage. That e- even when people are courting, there'll be obstacles. By the way, there'll also be difficulties in marriage too, okay? There will also be difficulties in marriage also as well. So today, these three characteristics we'll see is, just remember the context of what's going on here. Um, Boaz was a man that owned a field. You remember the the woman, Ruth, was a younger widow. She's uh, not even Jewish. She was a different ethnicity. She's going to work in the field, gathering grains. And then her mother-in-law had a great idea to say, oh, I would love you to marry this godly man who take cares of us. Why don't you go in the middle of the night, Propose him And if you guys remember A few weeks ago I mentioned about Was that a very wise plan No right If you were That's like almost like today You decide Oh I like this guy so much I'm gonna go To his window Open his window And go and just Like you know Remove a blanket Where one of this You know showing his feet So he'll be cold And just be laying there Like that is not a way To go about getting married That is kind of weird And creepy okay I'm trying to say this This is It didn't start up. I mean she was not uh, The mother-in-law Remember Didn't always have the best idea She didn't always see things properly I think she's sincere But we saw, as bad as it is, Boaz, I think, was really the character because he responded very, what, graciously and compassionately. So we're going to see that the same thing with relationship, and by the way, the context originally is these are two individuals. Ruth wanted to marry Boaz, yes or no? Yes. And now we're revealing, turning out, that Boaz also wants to marry roof okay but the way they're going about it the way Boaz specifically is responding even though it was very awkward even though it was maybe even a sense uh could be very dangerous and very unwise yet Boaz's response his noble example is what it looks like for those pursuing courtship into marriage and I also think there's implication for what marriage these are characteristics of an individual we should have in relations to others okay so let's look at point number one practice commitment to your words practice commitments to your words That if those in relationship heading towards marriage, it should be men and women who what? Whatever they say, they keep their word. How much more so when we're married, okay? And sometimes when people are married, they could feel like, oh man, I already got the what? The prize. And therefore, oh, I don't need to keep my words anymore. I got it. And uh, it wasn't as amazing as I thought. But here we see the importance of keeping our words. Look with me in verse 11. Verse 11 says this. This is Boaz, the man speaking. Remember, he just woke him in the middle of the night, Okay? Just remember, most of us don't like, and by the way, she was lower. She was considered herself a servant. If you remember, in Ruth chapter 2 earlier, she used the lowest Hebrew word for servant and saying, I'm your servant. How many of us like being woken up in the middle of the day, uh, in the middle of the night for work? Anyone ever got a text at work, like in the middle of the night? Okay. I remember when I first wanted to be a pastor, there was one night when I was at UCLA. Uh, my pastor called me up at 3 in the morning. And he was saying, uh, get up now. I said, why? Why are you calling me 3 in the morning? He said, well, there's someone in our church that cut his eye a little kid with a scissor. So you're going to go with me to Children's Hospital. And I was like, why? Isn't that your job? And he was like, yeah, you want to be a pastor. So you're going to come along with me. And I was like, okay. So I went along with this pastor, Andrew. Because he said, hey, by the way, you're closer. You'll probably get there before me. <laughs> okay, so I drove down to Sunset to the Children's Hospital, okay? But could you imagine how much more so if we're woken up by, if you're like in climbing leadership, if someone below is calling you and telling you what to do, right? This is what exactly Boaz was at right he's been not just asked by something that she she asked him to do something she's been asked to what marry him that goes against the social custom of the day and age but did you catch in verse 11 that the, he has the desire to be committed to his word the phrase here verses 11 said I will do whatever you ask and the phrase all what you ask is actually nuanced in the Hebrew it's moved before the uh, main verb which is actually put for emphasis Okay, that's the way of they're trying to highlight things and make things capitalized to say hey these words are important by the way there's an irony remember Ruth was a servant asked Boaz what to do and what does Boaz say does he say huh, why, why should I do things for you you should serve me not I serve you but his attitude was what he's willing to serve her he said I would do whatever you ask so long it is possible Okay, so is there a commitment that he has with his words Yes or no, yes okay? And we should be like this also as well We shouldn't be like, oh, I'll say I do and I love you Only so that we'll be married and the benefit of that And all of a sudden afterward, we don't really care about our words okay? I've been married to my wife for nine years um, I actually think I love my wife more now than when I first got married uh, I, I, I remember last year thinking, oh man, I love my wife more than when I first got married But now I think, compared last year to this year, I actually love my wife more um, but I know it doesn't happen always that way because I'm at this age where I'm at right now. Some of my friends, you can see on Facebook, you're like, hey, how are you guys doing? You know, you message, you see a nice picture or whatever. It's like, hey, uh, hey how's uh fill in the blank? So, well, well, I'm sorry to let you know, but things didn't work out. I was like, oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah, but we've been for a while, for eight years. And I was like, oh, wow. I felt like eight, nine years went by so quick. But yet, at the same time, I think the only way, one of the things is to realize marriage is something to work on, Okay. It is something to work on. It requires both, okay? I know sometimes people would say things like, "Oh, you're so blessed, Jimmy, to marry someone that is blessed," and I agree. But I also think also people could have someone that's good and they could still ruin it because why? We all have sinful nature, okay? It's something to work on, and it began with our commitment with our words. Just as we see in verses eleven, and also in verses thirteen. By the way, if you look with me in verses thirteen, the first half, he's not only a person that's committed in his words to his potential wife but he also wants to keep his word with his commitment towards God first okay look with me in verses 13 the first half says this remain this night and when morning comes if he will redeem you good let him redeem you now remember uh two weeks ago we mentioned that he I think at this point we discovered both wants to be married okay we don't really see that coming out from Boaz at, uh, in the beginning until now. I think there's many reasons why Boaz didn't just come out straight up and say, I love you. Because number one, she's a widow, yes? She was probably dressed like certain culture, the woman, and even in Israel. When they're mourning, what do they do? They, do they dress differently than everyone else? So he probably says, you know, she's a widow. Maybe I shouldn't, like, touch that. Just, you know, she's maybe in mourning still. The other reason is also, as we saw earlier, was remember the law back then is that if a widow were to lose her husband... She can marry a man from his family Like a nephew or a cousin or a brother, okay? So that that way, by the way, that's the back then There's no social security There's no welfare That's a way so they can marry They can be, have survived And also have kids that what? Take care of them one day, okay? So in light of this, you see here His commitment was also to God's word Because God's law says, hey, those that are closer You are more qualified to marry But he's probably a farther removed, what? Uh, relative okay so by the way he's committed not just only to his word towards Ruth he's committed to God's word okay he's committed God's word first saying I'm going to do things God ways even if it goes against his wants and his what feelings okay even I feel like uh, one of the things that um, sometimes even our young guys at our church ask like oh man it must be so cool to be married it makes you more godly because you know you're all happy to serve each other and I picture like some of the young guys picture like the way we're married is like it's like you know those Chinese food boxes smile and have a nice day right like we just picture it's just like car- cardboard cookout uh, or, or pop out right but the way it is is that it's actually you need to be committed and it is work, but you need to be committed to doing God's way first even if it goes against your feelings and your wants as you see here by the way, he wants to do the right thing. So notice he didn't just, this is not, he's not going to a Vegas style wedding. He's not just saying, oh, I'm going to go over and just get married tonight at a drive through chapel and be married, right? Because what does he say? In the morning, he says morning twice in verses 13. He's trying to do things that's proper. Now remember, he's in a situation where she's going to him in the middle of the night. But notice how proper he is. He's not taking advantage of her. He says, you know what? Let's wait till morning and let's do the right thing. And it might be, then I might not end up marrying you because someone might marry you instead. But he does the right thing. He does the right thing. And when he does, by the way, how much is he committed to doing the right thing, to put God's first? He's so committed to following God, he realized if the other person marries, more qualified, closer relations than the uh, dead um, husband. If that person marries, what does he think? Does he think bad or good? He thinks, good. Did you catch that in verses uh, 11, uh, 13? He says, if he will redeem you, that is, marry you, in order to give you a child, to be able to give you financial security. What does he say? Did he say bad or good? He says, good. Okay? See the word good there? Okay? By the way, how many of us, if, if you know that someone was interested in your spouse, you say you're not married yet. Okay, because right now it's different because you're married right here. Like, you should be together. Okay? How many of us would feel comfortable if there's someone that was interested in your spouse? Can I say this, Nancy? No. Okay. So, oh, no, no. Oh, no. I was answering Oh, oh no. Okay. Okay. Yes. <laughs> how would you feel if someone was interested, right? I remember someone was like, you know, a long time ago, I was really, really silly. Uh, the way Nancy and I, how, how we got married was a uh, long time ago, like our church used to have a lot of single guys. I'll pick them all up. Then all of a sudden, when I was doing campus ministry, there's all these people that want to come to our church, guys and girls. But then some of the girls were like... Um, they were newly Christian or they are not Christian and they had sometimes a lot of drama. Like when they started telling about Father Figure, I was like, oh, okay, I need to stay away from that. Okay? And I saw like other guys that were not as wise. They were like, oh, I'm going to minister to them. I'm going to show the love of Christ. And then they got emotionally like tangled and then it was like, oh man, it's just bad. So I thought, you know what? I went up to Nancy. Do you remember this, Nancy? I said, you know what? You know, I'm not interested in you, right? Like, could you help me out? Like, and then, you know, later on, my pastor was like, hey, you know, this is a godly girl. Like, you know. So uh, then, you know, oh man, I'm so glad God is so good. I'm so glad I'm married to my wife. Uh, But then there was someone that says, you know what? If you're not interested, I want to be with her. And I remember saying like, no, right? Like this is not to be the way it is, okay? Because why? Look, Going back, I'm saying all this is because that's how we feel, okay? But here he's saying is this, if someone else were redeemed, if doing God's way means that I don't get what I want and my wishes, guess what? I will still say glory is to God that this is still good. This is, in other words, he's committed in his words to following God first and then committed to his word to keeping his words even with her. Yet Boaz also offered this commitment with a certain condition. Look at verse 13. He says, but if he does not wish to redeem you, so it's based upon whether or not if this person does not want to marry her, what does he make the word of commitment? He says what? I will redeem you as the Lord lives. I will redeem you as the Lord lives lives okay Uh, does all your version in verse 13 says I will redeem future tense in verse 13 Nancy does your version say that too I will redeem I will perform perform. the duty the duty okay good okay so it's future in our English because it's will right in Hebrew actually it's not future it's what is a perfect tense which is actually past tense but you might say the English got it wrong no I don't think so I think the English got it right that is because obviously were they married yet no but what's going on in Hebrew is he's making such a commitment. He's saying, you know what? If he does not marry you, I will marry you. Like it's already passed, what? Tense, okay? Uh, it's already passed. And this is how certain of a commitment he has. He's saying, I'm going to be married to you, and it's a done task. By the way, just to show how committed he is, he adds the further word, what? As the Lord, what? Lives, okay? As the Lord lives, Literally in the Hebrew I like it more in the Hebrew It's by the life of Yahweh Or the, by, life, by the life of God Okay What that means is this The Bible teaches God is always alive He's created everything He's never not Not exists Okay Now we need To be created Because we all have birth dates, Right There was a time We didn't all exist There was a time The whole world didn't exist So here is contingent upon God But God always lives And he's saying Doesn't God always live Isn't God always alive How much more so He's making an oath I will keep these words just the same way God is always alive, okay? Uh, that kind of formula appears elsewhere in 1 Samuel twenty twenty one. It's saying, like, I'm making a promise. He's making a commitment saying, you know, I don't know if I'll marry you, but if the condition is right, I will definitely marry you. If he says no, the other more closer relative, kinsman and redeemed, says no to marrying you, I will definitely be committed to marrying to you. I will make an oath to God that this will be the case, okay? What a word of commitment. By the way, the ma- that much commitment with Boaz. How do you guys think that night? Do you think he slept well right after these whole episode? Put yourself in his shoe. Would you be falling asleep afterward? No, you're, I can imagine he's thinking about, uh-oh, how am I going to make my commitment? How am I going to go approach the village elders to that other relative? How am I going to go about carrying out this plan? Okay? By the way, do you think she slept pretty comfortably too? They would have been sleeping outside, right? They would have been sleeping outside. And she was there too. How do, you, how do you guys like sleeping on the floor? You guys like camping? When I was in the Marines, <laughs> you do? Yeah, you know. That's good, okay. Yeah. Uh, I. Well, I mean, like, don't, don't, like a lot of Asian countries, like, yeah? Koreans and Japanese yeah, people Yeah, sleep. true. Well, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not Korean, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> but you can imagine, like, uh, but then sleeping outside on the floor, right? Not, not at home where it's a nice, you put a man. But I remember in the Marines, there would many times at night, because you can't really see at night, I always make sure I shine my flashlight to kick out all the rocks, to lay down. But no matter how many rocks I cleared the next morning, I am like, oh, there's, these rocks hurt my back. Why is there still stones, even though I feel like I remove all of it, okay? She's sleeping here with all in her mind, probably sleepless, and him definitely thinking about how to keep his commitment. So as application, as application, don't be foolish to make commitments, okay? The first thing is, don't be foolish uh, making commitments. Some of us, I think, and I know I'm like this, this is my simple tendency, I want to do everything, so when people ask me, could I do this? I say, yes. But sometimes then I can't. And I end up what? Causing problems. So think very carefully before you say yes to something. By the way, sometimes we say yes a lot is the fear of man. Or we want to please everyone. Okay? But we should first please God and also realize what? Our limitation. Better that we say maybe or well, we can't than to say we can. And then now it is foolish to make commitments we can't keep. Second application question: uh, point. Is acknowledge potential and legitimate obstacles to any commitment For those that are courting That's heading toward. But what I mean I know I use a Christianese word Courtship means heading towards marriage Like, you know, people, boyfriend, girlfriend That's what we often use, that Christianese term So it's different than saying Okay, we're just dating And just, you know, playing hanky-panky or weird things like that, okay? So with this here, you see uh, Acknowledge potential and legitimate obstacles By the way, even in relationship Even if you're already married be realistic And by the way, some of these obstacles doesn't have to do with the other person's wrong. Just like the fact that Boaz and Ruth, they couldn't get married necessarily. They had an obstacle to the possibility of marriage. Did they have to do because Boaz was a bad person or Ruth was a bad person? No, it's just, just the dynamic, just the situation at hand. But whatever you do, promise, keep your word. The Bible says, let your yes be, yes, and your no be, no, okay? By the way, also I think it's important before people are married. And by the way, this is applicable for us too. As we look at our kids, I I hope I will be involved with them being interested in some or or like like evaluation and stuff. But you also want to see whether or not that person keeps their word, right? That this is not a guy that goes up to your future kid and say whisper sweet nothings to them, but they keep no words. They just use a lot of flowery words. Like all flowery things, they just die if there's nothing more to that, okay? So that's the first application is practice commitment to your words, with your words. Second application is protect the other person's reputation. Protect the other person's reputation is found in verses 13 to 14. This is what verses 13 and 14, uh, I'll read this again. I know we've looked at some part of verse 13. It says, remain this night and when morning comes, if he will redeem you, good, let him redeem you. But if he does not wish to redeem you, then I will redeem you as the Lord lives, lie down until morning. So she lays at his feet until morning And rolls before one could recognize And he said Let it be known That the woman came to the threshing floor Okay Let's look again at verses 13 Did you notice that This is by the way She went in the middle of the night What does he say? She, after this whole thing When she says Will you marry me basically And he says Yeah we'll, we'll You know Wait till morning everything, Did he just say goodbye to her? Uh, by the way Would it have been safe for her To be sent Back home in the middle of the night Back then Because why? Remember, this was a really dark age. Women we see on the parts of the Bible have been taken advantage of. And by the way, sometimes the woman that dressed really nice at this area was what selling their bodies, okay? So do you think, would you want to, if you're going to be Boaz and you're going to want to say, I want to marry you, would you send her out with the potential of some other guy mistaking her for something else? So it would have been very dangerous. So I want to say this is, this is not normal where you say, okay, you know what? Anyone you're interested in, hey, let's just hang out at night. In my room. This is not what it's saying. But because of the extreme circumstance that she has put him in, he's trying his best to what? Mitigate that. Look at the verb in verses 13. He says, lie down. You know how in English, um, the word sleep, when you say it has connotation, yes. It could be just, I sleep, just like what? Physically pass out, you know, go to sleep, regular sleep, like Jaden goes to sleep. Or there could be a connotation of what? Things, okay? We're going to keep this rated G for godliness because there's, Ears, okay. So, the same word, the word lie in Hebrew is the same thing. It could mean just simply sleeping like Jaden goes to sleep or other things, okay? By the way, Boaz does not use that word that has connotation. There's actually more than one word about lying down and he uses the word that has no innuendos. In other words, what he's trying to do is this. He wants no misinterpretation by who? by roof what he wants her to do yet in using this choice word I think what it shows is he's making very extreme measures to make sure he's not taking advantage of her does that make sense he's protecting her reputation and by the way I love this he protects her reputation even when others are not there because he knows who will always see this God he genuinely is all about integrity in his relationship with her he protects her reputation in that sense but there's another way he protects her reputation Look with me in verse 14. It says, So she lay at his feet until morning, and rose before one could recognize her. Okay, let me ask you guys this question. What time in the morning should she stay till? Uh, yeah, till morning, right? By the way, uh, when you guys are on vacation, do you guys sleep in? I do. Oh, you I guys do. don't? Okay. Like, I, I'm one of those guys that... Say no. again? Oh yeah, oh yeah <laughs> You brought back memories of those baby days, okay Rebecca, Abigail, Hannah, I'm so glad you are no longer one You know, although I love seeing kids at that age, one and two But man, to actually have that is hard, okay For, You know, like, uh, I love going to places where they have breakfast in the morning And they have it late, like up to nine Because why? I don't have to wake up five to go get an orange juice, right? Or whatever else it is, okay, okay? So here, you see What time did she wake up? I think she woke up at old Dark hundred, that is before anyone else could see because why she doesn't want people to recognize her, and then people mistaken her what right <coughs> mistaken her for hey, what are you doing dressing so nice, perfumed up, and clean hair like and, and in the middle of threshing floor like, hey, what are you what is your what, what's going on here right so she is protected with her identity with that, okay by the way, did you see the part in verses fourteen, the second half it says, and he said. Let it be not be known that this woman, that the woman came to the threshing floor." So to pr- protect her reputation, Boaz here is saying what? He doesn't want anyone to recognize her. I actually think he is not saying these words in verse 14 to her. I actually think he's saying this to himself. This shows what he is thinking. The reason why I say this is two reasons. Number one, the verb, let it be known, is not feminine. So if he's talking to her, he would have dressed her as a woman. But it's instead masculine Referring to the situation And the other reason why The second reason why I think He's not really tell, talking to her But really this is her, him thinking out loud Saying this Is he didn't say hey roof." He just called her what? The woman Okay By the way it's not disrespectful You know how today we could say hey woman Like that, this is not what it is that's, that's an American culture Here I think what he's trying to do here I think is he's so careful for her reputation He's thinking out loud Oh I hope her reputation would not be ruined. I hope nobody misunderstands her, okay? And also, secondly, even when he's saying this out loud, he's not saying Ruth, but saying he's a woman, is he's so driven to protect our identity that if someone were to hear it, there's still a sense of secrecy, protecting her, what, identity. If someone was another threshing floor, remember, everyone sleeps in the ground, kind of nearby area, because everyone wants to protect their, what, uh, produce. From be- people stealing And stuff like that Right So he's saying The woman Okay So he has the desire To protect The other person's reputation So his application Sometimes by the way People in relationship And people in marriage Could be We're all sinful Yes How do I know I'm sinful Because I'm married And my wife I can think of myself All highly But then I come home and who I really am My wife No True or not my wife knows when I'm competitive, true or not. <laughs> right? Uh, you know, with other guys and stuff like that, right? Uh, all of that is to say that we know ourselves. So sometimes when we see each other's flaws, first application to protect the other person, we should not gossip. Okay? Could it easily be people gossip? I actually think in the church, is one of the easiest sin to, to do. Now, let me say this I'm not saying there's sometimes a marriage problem, we don't ever go for help. But sometimes you could go to someone and says, You know what? Oh, I hate my wife. Blah, 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 blah. I can't believe she did this. Oh, pray for me. And it sounds so nice. Like, oh, I'll pray for you. Hey, brother, did you hear that? And then it goes on, right? That's a danger sometimes, you know? So we should not gossip. Point number two is application. You should also not let people misunderstand and think you and the other person are doing things that are inappropriate, right? Uh, say for instance, this is more for courtship, okay? This is more for courtship, uh, like non-married, okay? You shouldn't be like, let's just say I invite my wife or future wife and we were not married yet and I invite her over to my, what, parents' place and then we have dinner and then afterwards uh, hey guys, goodbye and then I just close the door, which is my wife or future wife for like 30 minutes. Then it'll be like, hey, even if you do nothing, it looks, what, compromised, right? Then all of a sudden your reputation has been bad And also with her So you want to be able To protect the other person's With this uh, uh, But don't do it just for fear of man What people think Do this so that you don't sin Okay Is um, to honor God Still in a situation Where it's risky You want to also protect The other person's reputation You also don't want to say Bad things about the other person Right Out of self-righteousness You know You don't want to Make it a habit Also sometimes it, When we are married Especially when we're married We've already got each other we might be sometimes impatient, but be very careful. We don't say bad things about uh, our spouses, okay? Um, and don't want to say this. And also, want to say this be very careful of how you talk about your spouse to your in laws or, or your own family, okay? You don't want your in laws to be what? Outlaws, okay? You don't want. So, one of the things is my wife and I, I know I'm a sinner. I know I'm a sinner because I know I close my own eyes. And I think of all the bad things I do, and I know, oh man, I need God's grace. I'm no better than anyone, okay? I'm no better than anyone here in this room or people in my church. I wear my pants the same way everyone else does, what? one leg at a time, right? We're all sinners. But my wife and I, we have this rule where we don't go to, I don't go to my parents and say, oh, I have a problem with my wife. Because why? Now, I might go think, in my mind, i think, oh, I'm venting to feel better. I tell my sister, blah, 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 all these things. After I say, oh, I feel so much better, and I walk away, all what content now, I'm okay now, I'm back in relation. relationship. But then my sisters or my parents hear that, how they're processing. They're picturing, everything you picture, they're picturing the worst, they're picturing like Korean drama, the most dramatic bad way as possible, when really sometimes it might not be as bad as the way we say it, true or not. But then they can't handle it. Then also it's like, the next time you see, they're thinking about that. And then they say, oh, I need to help my family out. I need to say something and guess what boom there is now a problem so we do not do that just so that we could what work things out first among ourselves okay when we're married our spouse should be our best friend our spouse is more than our best friend is the person that we should protect the most both husband and wives so we should be committed to protect the other person's reputation by the way, even uh, in general, I think the best way to work on that is also not to say bad things about others. Period. Whether at work, I know sometimes at work things can be bad. Other coworkers, lunchtime, say, "Hey, did you see that guy? Ha <laughs> ha, he's you know that silly or that dumb." Uh, I myself have always felt I, I try not to join in with that. Right? Even in, it's just not a good habit. Okay? It might be true that guy is totally incompetent, but we, it's best not to join in. Okay? By the way, the same people that say all those things could they say those things about you too? Very easily Okay It's just w- Wait till your moment When you have uh, You know Brain fart Or whatever else Okay So in the same way Be one who protect Other people's reputation Okay uh, Let's go on to Point number three The first point We saw is Protect uh, Is to Practice commitment To your words Second is Protect the other person's reputation Third one is To be accountable To others Now I want to balance this It's not to say Okay we always protect Others' reputation That we never ever like, let people know when we have problems. Okay? I think the way you share is key, your motivation. Is it to gossip, or is it really to work things out? And I also think keeping being accountable to others, uh, especially before a marriage, is a good thing. But the way you do it is very different, does that make sense? You want to do it for God, and honor God also as well. You're willing to have that person there, for instance, meeting with your pastor, accountable then just say I'm only meeting you pastor just say everything bad about you so that person can't defend themselves there's a different motivation okay be accountable to others this is especially more true in courtship like when people heading towards marriage I know we live in the west today I actually think this is a a rare phenomenon in history and in culture today we're very I, I, I do respect right of privacy but I think there could be something as hyper privacy okay uh, we live in a day and age where if people are in a relationship, we could say to someone, let's just say our parents are concerned, we could say, oh, you know, I'm an adult. I don't care what you think. You don't tell me what to do, right? But I also think throughout history, has it always been that way? you guys think that's always been, do you guys think that's Asian culture? <laughs> no. Not most Asian culture, okay? By the way, in some Asian culture, like the culture I'm going to go in two weeks uh, from now, they actually arrange marriage, okay? So... Uh, They've asked specifically, like, hey, when you send someone, could you send someone that's, like, more familiar or more Asian context of things, right? Uh, and to me, that blows my mind away, okay? But anyways, going back on, is in light of this, notice Boaz is further involved, involving others. Remember, he said, wait till morning, because he's going to involve others. He could easily just have, say, oh, you know, marriage is a piece of paper. And in that night, just say, hey, we're already married, and enjoy the privileges of marriage. But notice he's accountable towards others. He's pursuing marriage with others. Look at verse 15. He says, give me the cloak. And by the way, he uses very careful words. There's more than different words for cloak. The one he says, he's not saying, hey, give me, take off your clothes. He's saying the outer part, okay? The, the one that people wear when saying, give me your jacket, basically. This cloak would have been used by the poor also as a blanket also as well, okay? Why does he say this? Is hold on to it. And he's giving him her what? Barley Okay He's giving her All these barley Food Why? There's many reasons why One reason is because He later on as you see uh, Next week we'll see Is he's saying Give this to your mother-in-law So he's not pursuing a relationship With no acknowledgement of others He's saying It is my life You guys can't tell me anything He's saying Do this to honor your what? Mother-in-law And by the way That's also a way of saying You know what? Um, I want to marry Your daughter-in-law okay that's a way of culturally saying that right like we think of dowry that kind of thing okay it's just say hey I have this interest okay gave her um, probably six ifa worth which is about 20 pounds okay and she's carrying this going back but you know the other reason why he does this is related to the principle we mentioned earlier is also remember if she's walking at dark by the time she gets back to the town it might be more light and when people see her dressing all nice And Isaiah, what are you doing walking from the field? People could be like, hey, what are you doing? So what he does is also in one sense to protect her, what? Reputation. So she goes back and say, oh, well, here, I'm just gathering what? Grain. Do you see that? But yet, when he does this, he's also acknowledging, because he later on would say in verse 18 or 17, he's giving this grain to specifically telling her to give it to her mother-in-law. That is, he sees the mother-in-law's role in their courtship, in their process of going about marriage okay it's also uh as you see by the way it's not just only boaz involving others because in the morning time he's also going to go talk to the village elders and work out the whole thing meet the guy and say will you marry her and work it out he's doing this publicly but it's not just her him it's also her look with me in verses 16 does she is she has other involved also as well in the process of uh pursuing marriage yeah he, she goes back to her mother-in-law. Notice in verse 16, it says, When she came to her mother-in-law, she said, that is the mother-in-law, How did it go, my daughter? And she told her all that the man has done for her. What's going on here is, by the way, whose idea was it to go about pursuing marriage? It's actually the mother-in-law. Now, like I said, I don't think she her plan was as wise, okay? Because throughout the whole book, you see her says a lot of unwise things. Like, for instance, she says things like, Oh, there's no one else in my life. When... Roof is right there, right? You remember she says, Oh, you go back to your gods when the Bible says there's only one God, right? And the other time, also, as well, she says, Hey, I'm gonna go, the daughter, I'm gonna go get some food for us. And she says, Okay, go ahead. When well, she should have went along with her, right? All these things. And here in the third chapter, yet also, she's also unwise. But notice here, when she comes back, when her daughter in law comes back, she asks her, How did it go? And what does it say in verse 16? She told her all that the man has done. She didn't say, oh, my life, I'm whoever's wife, none of your business, right? She doesn't say any of that. But rather, she told her all that the man has done for her. In our English version, it all says, how did it go? But literally, in Hebrew, it actually doesn't say, how did it go? In Hebrew, what she, he sa- she says instead is, who are you? Now, I think why it says in our English, who are you, is because you, it doesn't want the readers to misunderstand, like, it's late at night. She's a widow. She can't see clearly. She's old. It's like, who's that coming to my house? Is this someone trust? I don't think that's what she's saying here. I think what she's asking is this. In light of everything you did tonight, who are you? Are you still Ruth the Moabitess, the widow? Or are you Ruth the fiance of what? Boaz, okay? She's asking, who is your identity in light of this meeting? That's what I think his and her, uh, her intent is. By the way, do you think uh, Naomi slept well that night too? <laughs> Probably not I think uh, if Bo hasn't sleep well Ruth didn't sleep well She who came up with this idea Could have pictured Oh, all these bad things happening What if it says no? She probably didn't sleep well But she was still involved With the courtship process That is the process Of pursuing marriage So in light of all this Okay In light of all this What is the application? Um, for those who are married I know we're all married now Whatever happens in the past, by the way, even if it's not perfect, we now are married, okay? Um, but also, as well as we have kids or we, we have more kids, I think it's always good to talk to our kids about this process, okay? And also, even if let's just say the church grows and there's others, sometimes people go to those that are married to look for what? Advice, okay? And to look as an example. How does this work is also, as well, what I always encourage for those that are single. And I'm hoping even my daughters, when they're older, will talk more. And also of all our guys and girls in our churches is. If you're single and not in a relationship, I often ask people, are there anyone that you already know that you want to be involved alongside with? Okay? Not dependent, not in a weird way where you depend on everyone for the relationship to work, but in a sense of having somebody just to be a model and also to speak truth to. Okay? I would often tell them, hey, pick someone that would be, you could be accountable to, that someone will tell you the truth. Okay, don't just pick a cheerleader. Yes, they'll cheer for you, but also tell you the truth. When I was interested in w- with Nancy, I remember um, my idea was okay. I I think I'm interested in her now, and this is the unwise part. This is the the 21 year old silly version of me. I was like, I told her let's go watch Star Wars. Now watching movies that the best way to get to know someone. And number two, Star Wars. Nancy, are you a fan? No, right? <laughs> but but even then, I was I was just so silly. I'm just like such a dude, right? Such a guy. But then I thought, oh, I don't believe in just hanging out alone, so I just thought, oh, why don't you invite all your sisters? I'll pay for her, and I didn't realize, oh, she had a lot of big family. Then I had my sisters. Hey, why don't you come? My sisters, oh, yes, because they're all like Star Wars geek, and they're all excited. Then they're like, hey, how come there's there's someone else? How come they're not guys? And then they start asking a lot of questions. You're interested, and blah, blah, blah. I I don't know. May the force be with you, right? So go back on with this. Have people that will tell truth. In my life back then, the person I know that always told me the truth, even no matter how unpleasant, is my sisters. And sometimes our sisters are the one that's the most honest with us. Yes? True or not? They will tell me things about sugarcoating it, okay? So, if you're courting someone, you know, let's just say even for our daughters or son, I think it's always good um, to encourage them to seek those that have wise counsel, okay? And be accountable. Uh, even also as well our parents. I know sometimes when people are young, they're like, Ah, oh, parents, what do they know about marriage and relationship? What do they know about love? And you're thinking, Ah... Uh, got married right so sometimes with youth there's a folly of thinking everything's original and no one knows what it's going through but i would also encourage people to involve with their parents and also even with us future parents or parents of our kids it's also i want to talk to them early on okay i want to talk to them dirty uh early on um when we were uh on vacation when we were at the beach there was this one old guy that came up to us oh wow your daughters are so beautiful then the next thing is like, do you have the shotguns ready? Do you remember that? Scene? I thought that was so funny, okay? I hope it would not be... Now, I still think when someone comes over, I'll still be breaking apart my AR, cleaning each part, and then telling the person and say, hey, this is how you put it together. You know, function, okay, this works. Now, sit down. I need to tell you, if you mess with my daughter, you just put together your very own... Oh, no, no, I'm just kidding, right? But you get the idea. But I think before all of that, as I also want to be involved with our daughters early on that we them, I me, mean, how's your heart doing? And who's the guys involved? I want to be also proactive, saying, I want to know who those guys are. Not in the creepy parents' way, but just to what? Truly love them and cultivate and talk about these things, okay? With them, uh, with that, okay? Um, and also encourage that, say, hey, I know sometimes it is awkward with parents, but also say, hey, these are guys that are great models to pursue and let them know, hey, we tried that, okay? But with all of this, is that pretty hard? I think these are really hard things to do. Truth be told, we, I think we all kind of know there's an idea that this is good or right. Okay? But yet it is hard. Let me ask you guys, is it hard or not practice commitment to your words? I say hard, okay? Is it hard to protect other people's reputation? Hard, because we sometimes want to just vent, okay? Is it hard to be accountable to others? Yeah, it is. But you know why I do all these things? It's because of Jesus Christ, okay? Jesus Christ, did He keep His words? Yeah. He said He'll die for our sins. The Bible promised hundreds of years before Christ died. Maybe that's our next thing after we're done. So I actually want to go over all the Jewish part of the Bible, hundreds of thousands of years before Christ died, predicting that He would die for us. Yet God kept His word. Christ kept His word, dying for us. Then, knowing He keeps His word, I want to keep my word in my marriage and outside my marriage. Knowing that Christ... Does He protect our reputation? Does He, by the way, when we sin, He forgives us. But does He keep some us? hey, you're a sinner, sinner, sinner. No, He forgives us. And He says we're new. We're saints. We're body of Christ. All of this. Then that moves me to say, I would also forgive others and also protect their reputation. Not always bringing up the bad that they've already done in the past. And finally, being accountable to others. Jesus lived His life as what? Clear glass. Everyone can see what he's doing. And I know that he's without sin. And yet that moves me to say, you know what? Sin is what led my Savior, Jesus Christ, to die. But the Bible says, if you understand that sin is what led him to die, you wouldn't want to entertain, play with sin. Sin also doesn't seem as so pleasurable when you think that Christ actually died to rescue me from these very things. These very things that makes me worth being punished by God. But in light of how gracious God is, That makes me say I want to, what? Kill sin. In fact, Romans says mortify sin. That is to kill sin. I hope when you think about how much God loves you, that Christ died for your sins, you would actually want to commit first degree sinicide. Of killing sin itself, okay? Of murdering sin itself. And now, therefore, I want to say I want to try my best involving others to be, what? Fighting sins. Uh, I want to be involved and by the way part of leadership is what is you want to be the kind of leader that what people could come up and say what's wrong you don't want to be the guy that's so filled of ego you can never go what's wrong and I think sometimes leadership seems so wonderful I wouldn't wish I would be there but it might be our dream we picture we like to be the position or enjoy our privilege but a good leader I think is always going to be open for what criticism and I try to practice this in my church I often ask, even my wife, every once in a while, i ask, Nancy, are there any things I need to improve? Are there any things I've done wrong? Is that humbling? Is it easy? No, right? If they're polite for a few while, but what if they sell the truth? And you're, oh, why did you really tell me the truth? We need to really need that. And the only reason why I'm willing to do that, even in my church, is to say, is there anything I've done wrong? If there's anything you think I don't preach actively from the Bible, please let me know. But if you're wrong too, I'll let you know wrong. But we could talk it out. Because we want to be accurate. If there's anything I'm doing that's not right. Because why? Because I want to do it for the glory of God. He loved me so much, He saved me. This is what I want to do, even in my marriage. To be accountable to my wife and to others. Okay? Because we want to please God first, knowing how much He's loved us. Let us close in a word of prayer. Dear God, we're just so thankful, Lord, for Your grace. Thank You, Lord, for not only the example of Boaz, but someone even greater than Boaz. Jesus Christ who's loved us so much and may that love move us to love you. And even in our marriage practice commitment with words, desire to protect the other person's reputation and desire to be accountable to others. Thank you Lord in Jesus name we pray.